Hey, it's the Wave Report. This is Tremonte. Please like and subscribe to the channel. I have my brother here. He's almost like my blood brother. He is the author of Lyrical Therapy, Dynamic Perspectives. We got Martin Nelson oh, yeah. here. I know you ain't nervous, Martin. I'm not you, nervous. You should, be, you should be used to this. You're an author now. I'm happy to be here. You got an organization. You've done so much at such a young age. How how you feel right now? Um, in the current climate, I'm, I feel grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not even mentioning the age part, but just being able to to be able to do the things that I've done mm-hmm. and still have tomorrow. Well, I'm not promised tomorrow, but I still have ambitions to do more mm-hmm. in life. So I'm grateful. I can say that much, and I'm grateful to be here too. Oh yeah, man. You family, so that ain't nothing. Yeah, yeah. Impact Global. How did it start? Why? Why did it start? This is a more important question. Uh, well, you know, just going a little bit back with my story. I grew up in a missionary family, so went around the world, seeing a lot of different things. But we spent a lot of time in Haiti, and I saw that, you know, the poor being fed, clothes, healing. I seen all those things, but I also saw a, a, pe- a people population that was always dependent on others to help them. Right. Nobody was actually invested into them to help and empower themselves. And I always saw issues with the environment, with trash, with waste. So later in life, you know, while I was in college, I said, I want to I want to make a difference. I want to do something that can help change. And not for me to be helping them, but to empower the people, you know, teaching them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really didn't know anything about the environment, sustainability, waste management. But along the way, I learned, I think my passion is what really drove me. Mm-hmm. And um, I never did it to like get the notoriety or get noticed by anybody. I really wanted to solve a problem. But with solving a problem, there's other issues that come about, not only in yourself, but you start to learn more about the issues. Like, how did this issue end up here in the first place? Right. Um, but IGI, when I started that, man, it, it was a very humbling experience because I realized that even at my age and like not knowing anything, being novice at everything, people still saw that we can make a change together. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that was a life-changing experience for me. Tell, tell people about how it really came about as far as like the contest. See, because I remember it was like oh, a rough draft. You yeah, got to tell yeah, how yeah. it really came about. Oh, okay. So you wanted like the story story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just started off with a business plan, you know. Right. Uh, type that thing up. And then there was a FinTech business plan competition at mm-hmm. USF. And it was like 90 some odd contestants and they had to choose 10 finalists. Mm-hmm. And we were selected among the five, I mean, this, the 10 finalists. And they told us that, okay, on this date, you got to pitch to these 10 investors and who had businesses in the Tampa Bay area. And mm-hmm. if you win, you get like a grant and then you, they, you start your business pretty much. They register your business and all that. Um, but you know, long story short, we didn't win. We came in fourth place. That's good. That's an accomplishment. Right. But I remember a guy pulling me to the side. He's like, hey, man, don't give up on this. Keep doing this because the people in the Caribbean especially need this. And he wasn't even Haitian. He was Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like they don't even have like waste management companies that really help like these underprivileged communities. So we just was like, I was just like, all right. I mean, my business partner at the time was like, let's do this thing. You mm-hmm. know, um, this is more than just a business plan competition for us. This is a right. passion project. Like our hearts was into it. Our belief, our faith was everything was into this to even make it as a finalist was like whoa how how we even got selected Mm -hmm. um and i remember you know telling you about it like 
I'll never forget, we was at the subway line. <laughs> we was at the subway line at USF. USF. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I'm going to do this thing. You know, and I, I don't know much, but I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so crazy that we get to talk about it now because I was like, what? Four it manifested. Years? It manifested. Yeah. And, um, and I think to anybody listening is if you believe in something and you really put your heart into it, you can do a lot more than you expected. And you're always going to exceed what you expected. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't set your goal, but you're always going to exceed it. But as long as you stick to it and you manifest it, you believe it. Because if we think and live and breathe in abundance, Ooh. you know, we'll be <laughs> telling you, it'll overflow, Ooh. man. And uh, you just got to put the work in. You got to put patience. Too many times we be trying to put things in like hot pockets, you yeah. know. All the time. You want a full meal, but you're yeah. in a hot pocket. What yeah. you're talking about, you, you know what I mean? If you want a full meal, you got to prepare. You got to season it. Mm-hmm. it. It takes time. You yeah. know what I mean? You got to let does. that thing marinate. Yeah. So... What are some obstacles that you face personally and as a team? Because um, you did assemble a great team. I yeah. worked with them before. They're a great team. I can tell they're passionate, just as passionate as you about the environment uh, to a degree. And starting and running a nonprofit organization. Because people figure, you know, people always say, I'm going to start a nonprofit. But they don't know how hard it is to start and to maintain it. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things, I'm just straight out and say it, is being black, especially in the environmental space. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because green energy, re- recycling, renewable energy, all that's like white talk. Mm-hmm. You know? They like, usually you see those things in communities where people can afford to be green. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why aren't, why aren't our communities ever mentioned in mm-hmm. those things? You know? Uh, we don't have recycle bins. Like when we were serving at Robles Park, yeah, we tried to get petitions signed for those people to get recycle bins, but they could not, and they wouldn't. But it was like, if we have recycle bins, then we can reduce the amount of trash that's all over the community and the neighborhoods. Right. You know, and um, it's all those being in that space, being a black man asking for support. It's always like a charity mm-hmm. case. Like I me, mean, I'm a I'm a professional. I went to college. I got my education. I got a job. You know, I have a career, not even a job. So. I'm not asking you to fill up my pockets. Mm-hmm. I'm asking because I'm really trying to solve a problem here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you don't trust a black man because what does he know? Mm-hmm. Black and then again, Haitian. Yeah, it's Be- double. Right, because Haiti, anytime you see Haiti on the news, it's what? Oh, corruption. It's never good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, please help a child. <laughs> yeah, it's never a good. A dollar a day type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, I'm not asking for your charity. I'm asking mm-hmm. you to help me solve a problem, help me solve an issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the main obstacles I faced in assembling a team. Assembling a team is not the hard part because I think anybody that's ever joined IGI or been part of the movement or even volunteered with us, it's been here. It's in their heart, right? I never, mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to subscribe to me because I'm nobody, right? But this mission means a lot more. This mission goes beyond me. Like, if I die today, this still continues. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's one of the main obstacles, I would say, is being a black man in a space where Mm -hmm. you're really trying to make a real change. And people are looking at, I would say, they're looking at the flesh rather than what's really behind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? How do you get the funding to maintain... IGI. Um, a lot of nonprofits is based on funding. You have to constantly raise money to some degree to keep it running. Raise money, fundraisers. Um, you have supported, whether it be by showing your presence or financially, your wife has come to one of our events. Um, events were a big part of it. Like we used to throw like four, five, six events a year, mm-hmm. you know, and th- that would help us a lot. And, you know, private donors and just constantly getting the word out. That would mm-hmm. help a lot. But, um, it's hard running that, you know, because sometimes you even come out of your own pocket. That's, of course. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. And I won't advise anybody to do that because you can put yourself in a very uh, unpeculiar situation. It's because 
your heart is so in it, right? And you mm -hmm. don't want to see it fail because you believe in it so much. And um, but you'll do whatever, you know. I mean, I would never throw an event for myself. I don't even celebrate my own birthday. Mm -hmm. But for something I care about, for something I believe in, I'll do whatever, you know. Not mm -hmm. whatever, because I know some people. Don't. I know what you mean. Cause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, you just put your heart out. Um, you, you you go for grants and. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't get them because it, nowadays they ask you for so many different requirements. And they ask you it's for almost so impossible to right, fill all of them. Right. Especially when you've been around for such a small time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but yeah, that's pretty much how fundraising, events, volunteer. You know, when you do volunteer activities, people donate there too. You, you just got to keep, stay active. Mm -hmm. And yeah. What have you learned on this journey about yourself? And have you ever had a time where you wanted to give up? Oh, my goodness. I will, so my last year of college, I was all in. But I didn't even want to finish college, bro. I wanted to give up college. I wanted to give up IGI. I wanted to give up everything. Hey, side note, I was here for this. I remember him saying these exact words to me. And listen. You can't quit, man. You can't. I couldn't, bro, but I definitely wanted to because you feel the pressure, you know? Because everyone, so once you say you sought out to do something, man, people look at you and like, all right, let's see if you're going to do it. That's right. And they're not going to say, like, how much can we help you? They're just going to watch you. It's like, I always tell people, the world is an audience. Mm -hmm. You got your friends. You got your foes. You got just, you know, people on the sidelines just watching, mm -hmm. waiting to see you fail or succeed. Some mm -hmm. people are going to wait for you to fail and go, I knew it. I knew he wasn't going to succeed. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, oh, I knew he could do it. I knew he could do it. Other people are going to be like, oh, dang, he really pulled that off. Mm -hmm. But in my head, my pressure was like, am I able to sustain all of this? The responsibilities, mm -hmm. being a brother, uh, being a son, being a leader, being a mentor, being a mentee. Like, you know, there's so much that you're having to balance. Being a student, mm -hmm. I mean, being an employee, being some, a professional, all these things that you have to maintain. And then sometimes it starts to crumble, yeah. you know, and you lose faith in yourself. But then you have to realize, yo, the faith that I have in myself is nothing if I don't have faith in God. And that's really where my source of strength came back. Mm -hmm. And the strong brothers that I had around me that told me, hey, you ain't gonna quit. Mm -hmm. And to see that if I had quit, where would I be right now, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but, you know, I got a good support group. I got good people. No matter where I'm at, I know I can, y'all, it's a phone call away. Yeah, to yeah. Keep, to keep me not only accountable, but also encouraged. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, if I've personally spoken to you over the years, you don't really see yourself as a leader. I don't know why. I think all the signs point to you being one of the foremost leaders of our time, especially in my community. Uh, even somebody I look up to, regardless of age. Um, why don't you see yourself like that? I think, and I hate this about myself, and I shouldn't hate anything about myself, but it's just I only can highlight my shortcomings. I only can see the areas where I fall short. I see that more than anything. When I look in the mirror, I see the blemish first. Yeah. I see the uh, the imperfection. Like, oh, dang, he got a lazy eye type of thing. Mm -hmm. And and we have, I don't mean to interject, we have a relationship that's stupid, but, but continue on. No, 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 for sure. <laughs> and it just makes me go, how could I lead people when I have all these flaws, when I have all these things about me? And um, What about I, the other side? The other side is expected, though. The gifts that God gave me, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like sometimes the reason why I'm not doing more or I'm not, I'm not able to be as effective as I could be is because of those things that I let take over those gifts that I have, mm -hmm. you know, um, like the things I struggle with, 
I let those, I let that take too much of my mind capacity, my guilty complex, always finding ways to bring myself into a space where I'm like, man, you could have mm-hmm. been better. Or, Dang, I can't believe you just did that. It's always been so critical on myself. Like even in past relationships, like there's certain things that I've done where I'll be like, man, how could you have, you yeah. know? And it's just like, no one will ever know that's eating me up inside because I walk with my head high. I, I always yeah. walk with a stride. Almost like, it's true. But no one would ever be able to see that there's mm-hmm. things that cut me deep. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why writing has always helped me. Um, We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. Writing has definitely helped me in kind of like letting those things out and being able to reconcile with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see myself as a leader because I always feel like there's so much errors I need to improve. So how could I be leading somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, a, a leader is someone, first and foremost, who takes accountability. And I always feel like you've taken accountability and great responsibility, not just for yourself, but for other people. Right. I think you're a great orator. You may not think so. A lot of people who speak well, they don't think they speak well in front of large groups of people. People say I talk white. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, That's foolishness. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That's foolishness. But I think, that, I think they mean that you can articulate yourself well across a variety of audiences. You can talk to black people. You can talk to white people. You can talk to people of all race and economic classes. And you can do it well, seamlessly. And I've seen you do it. Uh, I also think, and I always tell my wife this, you're one of the few people I've ever met, regardless of gender, regardless of age, you lead by example. Most people, they point like, I can do this. They're, they're good talkers. They're good speakers. But their heart usually isn't into what they're doing. And then they never get anything done. I've seen you. I, we went, like you said, we was at Subway together, USF. We walked the same campuses together. Uh, we hung out together late at night. I've seen you go from a small idea that was emailed to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was like, man, this is interesting. It was a lot to get through. Like he took his time, though, from what it is today. I would even me. I would have never imagined. Not because I have. I don't have faith in you, obviously. But usually, I'm so used to just seeing people say they're gonna do things, and they're like, "Oh, you ain't, you ain't doing shit. You just this is sounding good." You want a few people. I'm talking about I, my life that I've met that you've actually went through what you said you're going to do initially, and you don't ever give yourself enough credit for that. Well, because I don't feel like the job is done. The job's never done. <laughs> According to us and our faith, the job's never done. Yeah, so for me... But you have to celebrate the small... The smaller company. You I have mean, to. There's such a big battle. You know what I mean? If I started drinking wine or drinking so much for every victory, I'd be drunk by the time the war is over. You know, I feel like... If you did in excess, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're not an excessive person. I'm not, but it's just like... And you have a good point. I don't take time to recognize myself or acknowledge myself. You're always working. But because there's so much work to be done. There is. There and, is. And, and the biggest job and the biggest work is within myself. And that's the biggest one. Always. Man. I agree. That one is the project that's always going. Mm-hmm. And um, like even where IGI is today at four, almost four years, mm-hmm. which seems like a lifetime. You don't even it does seem like it's been around. Like right. It like it's been around a while. Come on now. Yeah. And even going to Charlotte and opening up a new chapter there. Um, it's like, yeah, there's so much to be done. I don't got time to look back. And, but, but I'll be honest, like, uh-huh. sometimes when I'm sending, like, footage back to the videographers or to the like, people that do the editing for me, I'm like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. We did that. Yeah. 
We did that. And you're the leader. Because you always, you always, you're the leader. You're the leader. We're gonna, we're not gonna, we gotta go do this. You're the leader. Uh-huh. What? Okay, you say when you look in the mirror, first thing you see are the blemishes. I know a few people like that who see the blemishes first. But what good things do you see in yourself? Um. All right, I'm a goofball. I think that's a good thing, a good quality. Levity's always good in situations. I can laugh about anything, mm-hmm. about things that probably shouldn't be laughed about. I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm going to tell you guys a really dark story. One time I was at a funeral. Mm-hmm. It was a friend's funeral. And I almost laughed because of how somebody was crying. And I was like, this is so wrong. How could you? That's, that's really messed up. But then I thought it's not that about, bad. It, what? It's not that bad. You're talking to me. Right. <laughs> right. I forgot you're ruthless. <laughs> But for me, I'm like, yo, how could you laugh in a time like this? Right. But yeah. I had to hold it in. It's a time of grief, yeah. Right, it's a time of grief. And especially because I don't know that person personally, so it's like, why would yeah. you laugh? But then my, my story's like, I've always been that person to cheer somebody else up, even in their darkest times. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have to be able to like look at every situation and be able to laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also my personality helps me a lot. Very Gregorious. I can, I can get along with anybody. You can. You know what I mean? Like, I was that kid in high school that I have friends and kids playing guitar, emo kids, you know, the Hispanic. I could sit, I could stand at the Hispanic wall, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and be cool with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the black people, of course, it's my people. And just everybody. I had people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's something I really, I can't say I take that for granted. I definitely I enjoy that because I've seen other people that are, like, complete introverts and that don't even like being around people. Mm-hmm. That, I don't get that. I'm like, man, people give me energy, to mm-hmm. be honest. I could be dead tired, but in a room full of people, I'm, it's going to be like I had like 12 hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think I think my open mind, like how open mind I am, too. Like I'm always seeking knowledge. I'm always seeking a different aspect, a different perspective. You know, I'm not going to close you out because you have a different faith. You have a different belief. You know, even if I strongly oppose of what yeah. you believe in, I'm not gonna close my door on you. I'm still gonna get your perspective. Cause guess what? It might give me more understanding of the things I think I know. Cause the thing you know is the biggest mistake, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So um, I always try to, I, I think I appreciate those things about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things that people think they know, what are some people, what are some things people think they know about Haiti, but they're really misnomers since you actually go visit during the year? <sighs> well, I think everybody thinks that Haiti is just a whole bunch of voodoo doctors and priests uh. and uh, people that are just they're, they're looking seeking your charity. Mm-hmm. It's not true. These people are very capable people. Mm-hmm. For them to be in existence for as long as they have been, right? With that, I mean, with the help you think you've been giving them, like the way they're living, learning to live off the earth. You see, in a time like this, like the whole quarantine and COVID nineteen thing going on. Everybody's still able to survive because they had their internet TV and things like that. But that was taken away from you. I would like to see how a lot of these people handle that. Me too. Mm-hmm. I would like to see. I, I, I think we'd see a totally different color. Mm-hmm. People would go into straight panic. Yeah, we'd see a totally different country. Being in Haiti, I've seen people in more serenity and happiness without those things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, they don't have electricity 24-7, mm-hmm. but I can get a real smile out of them more than I can get out of somebody here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think the misconception is that we're not a people that are suffering. We're a people that's being taken advantage by greed mm-hmm. and by people that are evil, straight up, you know, being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. But these are people that are very resourceful, very intelligent, because when they come from Haiti and come here, guess what they become? Professionals, 
homeowners, That's they real. become engineers, doctors. So for, for you to call them poor, to call them a charity case, I was like, Man, that's ignorance, first of all. So I always, that's my that's my whole message is like, I'm not here to help Haiti. I'm here to show Haiti who they really are. Like, mm -hmm. y'all are very powerful people, mm -hmm. you know? And people don't give Haitians enough credit for that. No, I don't think they give Haitians enough credit. And I think a lot of your history swept under the rug. For sure, especially for sure. the black history. You know what I mean? Like, to be the first country in the, uh, first black nation in the Western Hemisphere to gain their independence, mm -hmm. come on. Like, that's not a small task mm -hmm. to, to defeat one of the most powerful um, armies, militaries at that time. At that time, yeah. Come on now. Like, mm -hmm. that, how did you do it? It was our spiritual dominance mm -hmm. and also our belief in ourselves. And I think that's an, another thing that black people miss a lot. We don't believe in ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves. Yeah, because we tend to see the blemishes first when we look in the mirror. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Age. Switching gears, man, because I did want to get to this. Um, you've always been an artist in, more, in one way or another. Uh, you're a creator, and you're an innovator. You can create things out of thin air. That's pretty much what you did with IGI, right. and it became a real tangible thing that people can join and be a part of. I also want another shirt. Uh, <laughs> but this book here, Lyrical Therapy, I remember, I'm going to tell y'all the story. I remember you saying, hey, just like IGI, like, hey, I got this idea, Tremonte. I want you to be a part of it. And I'm always thinking, why does this man keep wanting me to be a part of things? Because I look up to you. Cause, I don't know. I'm like you. I don't know why you look up to me. But, uh, and I was like, what is it? And you're like, it's going to be like a book of poetry. And, you know, I used to write poetry. I like, think all of us, you know, have a way of, um, therapy when we were young, especially in high school, middle right. school, writing things to women or just writing about our circumstances. Uh, and poetry resonated with us. Music, music is poetry, no you know, lyrics. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll, you know, I'll do it. You know, I was a little hesitant. I was like, I guess I'll do it. And you're like, nah, I want you to do it. And I was like, what, about what? He was like, about anything. But see, I know you. So I know you say anything, you don't really mean anything. <laughs> Cause I'm kind of, I really, I really talk about anything. Right. So I was like, you know, Martin's a, a really spiritual guy. So I was like, let me do something and see if you like it. I'm not one of them people, I write something I think is the best thing in the world. I think anything can be critiqued in love. You right. know what I mean? And then when I send it to you, you're like, man, you're the best I know. I'm like, you're going way, <laughs> you're going way too far. But I wanted to see the finish, the finished product. And I think that was, you correct me if I'm wrong, it's 2020. I think I first sent it to you 2017? Yes, sir. 2017, and then this just came out 2019. Yes, sir. November 2019. November 2019. Yeah. You had a book release? Uh, no. So actually, I was supposed to have my first book release in June. Oh. Um, but because of this whole COVID-19, mm. mm. it's been pushed back. I might end up having my first release party in Charlotte, unfortunately. Well, it's not unfortunately, but I wanted to do it in Tampa first. Yeah. But um, depending on the situation. What made you want to come up with a kind of a compilation of artists, including yourself, and put something like this out well, to the people? I've, and on top of everything that you're doing. Here's the thing. I've always been writing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's like a coping mechanism for me because I can't speak to everybody as openly as I can speak to you. 
so it's like, what do I do? What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. And um, and I also learned this. It's an area where I can look into myself because there's been times like I'll be going through my notebook and I'll see something that I wrote. I'm like, <laughs> I was there at that time. Like I could feel that. You know, mm-hmm. I could come back to that. And there's some truths about myself that I let out on, in the book that I know that I'm not the only one dealing with that. You know, and I think a lot of people are not introspective enough, which I'm trying to encourage for people to be introspective and look at themselves first and the source of all their issues. You know, people like this, I got this problem, man, my mom and daddy did this. And they'll blame the external thing. They'll blame other people, but they've never went to the mirror to go, oh, snap. I got this thing about me that I have never really fixed. You know, you'll go through these cycles. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing that, too, like going through these cycles with friendships, relationships, jobs, Whatever you're doing, you're like, yo, I'm the, I'm the remaining, I'm the factor, the steady factor in all my issues. Right. So what about me do I need to change? What about me do I need to look at? And, you know, I have to, you have to come in and be very vulnerable about certain things. Yeah, be honest, yeah. You got to be very honest with yourself because mm-hmm. the problem is we're so good at lying to ourselves now that we'll, we'll, make, we'll make up an imaginary story about everything around us. But in, in one of them stories, are you the one taking fault? Are you the one taking accountability? That's real. You know, and I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And in uh, my organization, and my career, and my relationships, I had to look at myself in the mirror and go, what were you responsible for? Mm-hmm. What could you have controlled? You know, and that takes a great deal of introspection to look into yourself and go, man, if I would have done this better, if I would have handled this a little better, if I would have confronted this, if I would have communicated this, you just have to look at so many different areas of yourself and being able to share that and openly say it to someone else, I'm hoping that they can go and look into themselves in the mirror. Because not everybody has time or even cares enough to write these things down. That's true. You know, but hopefully by me being open, someone can be open not only to someone else or, you know, kind of have a session with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't like that. That's why this quarantine freaks a lot of people out because they don't want to have to spend time with themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that want to hang out with other people just so they can avoid their own issues. All the time, you know what I mean. But it, it it takes a lot of it takes a lot to go into the mirror and look at yourself and say, "Yeah, it's my fault." I agree, man. Who are some of the artists that are featured in this book, and how long did it take uh, to compile and put out? Uh, okay, so started the project in 2017, uh, 2018. Um, got some other people together because I had already had my poems together. You know, I had already got my drafts yeah, out. Yeah, 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 so yeah. So in order to do that, mm-hmm. um, so my one of my good buddies, Gregory McNeely, he wrote Contradictions and Another Enter. Those are really great yeah. poems. And Contradictions talks about how we contradict what we even want sometimes, our wants and needs. The same things we say we want, the same things we contradict. Speaking of love, like you said, you want this in somebody, but then you go out cheating, you go out lying. You, mm-hmm. like, what you want loyalty for? You know, you're lying all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, another insert is like taking someone for granted and then trying to go back to them, but they've already moved on from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote about that. You uh, you wrote uh, Who Am I? Mm-hmm. And that was a powerful piece too because I was in the first section um, in introspect where you talk about like the questions we ask ourselves. Who am I? How can I be the child of the most high? You know what I mean? Those are yeah. just powerful pieces. Um, Christina... Lizette, she was someone that um, I really wanted to be a part of this project because mm-hmm. she's a complete introvert, but her, her poems were crazy. Yeah, phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I was like, yo, we need a female perspective in this book. Mm-hmm. So I got her in there. 
Um, and I dedicated one poem to you, and I dedicated another poem to my brother, Devontae, um, a childhood brother of mine. Yeah, shout out to Devontae, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was about his aspirations as a basketball player. You know, I was just telling him, like, you know, no matter what happens in life, this is your moment, this is your time. You remember the money, you, put, you remember the time and the effort you put in. Don't worry about anybody else, just keep doing you. Mm-hmm. And um, bring those people together, it was just sharing a passion with them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is what this is the message behind this introspection and vulnerability. What can you add to this? Mm-hmm. And what I got in return was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, and these were people that I mean, it was never a competition. Like, oh, if you write so well, like I'm not gonna put you in my book. Nah, it was like, yo, let's write a message, and whoever write, whoever reads the book or purchases the book, they'll be touched by it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was a success. Has been a success so far. Mm-hmm. And. Um, what kind of feedback have you been getting? I've been getting really good feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, people saying that they looked into themselves. Um, some people were like, you know, they need more men, boys, people, and like men in general being more open and vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, the way the book, um, with the book exhibits, and mm-hmm. I've been getting like, oh, it's a really good book, even though it's short. You mm-hmm. know, because like, I think a lot of people like when you think about a book, they're like, oh man, gotta be two hundred pages long, but two hundred pages long don't mean the substance. At all, because I, you know, I'm an avid reader. That's waste my time. But let me tell you, there's these books you I've read, 200 pages. I'm like, the book stopped at the first eight chapters. <laughs> yeah. They just keep going. It just keeps reiterating what <laughs> it, it is. They keep dragging it. They're yeah. like, come on, okay, I get the point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book, the book was straight to the point, very mm-hmm. raw and explicit. Um, a lot of people, and from what I'm getting back is like, man, it makes them look back into themselves. Yeah. And that was the whole purpose of it, mm-hmm. because I know what benefit is done for me the growth that comes from that mm-hmm. so i'm just encouraging other people to do the same and i've gotten good feedback from it i haven't got somebody to completely tell me that it's trash yet i need somebody to say that no you don't mark that's the thing that's i need thing. someone to say that yo, yo man i was dissatisfied <laughs> with it can i get my money back and i just need somebody to say that because nah. um that's gonna fuel my fire you know so are you working on maybe not a continuation or a part two, but another book in the future? Yes, I am. Authors never stop at one book. Never. Um, I've already started on a second one. It's called The Process. Mm. Um, and How fitting. Yeah. How fitting. Yeah, The Process. During this process of um, becoming an author, growing as a man, um, starting IGI uh, with your, your friends who become your brothers, um, some relationships don't last throughout the process. They do not. As the man you are today, how do you how do you process allowing some relationships to wither away, so to speak? When I say allow them to, I don't mean like you're not putting in effort. It's actually completely opposite. You're putting in effort, but it takes more than one person to keep a relationship as healthy as possible because we all evolve different ways right. at different paces. Especially, see, most people say, man, I've been busy. You ain't been doing shit, but you have actually been very busy. Yeah. You're always busy. Even when you come in town, sometimes I don't see you. Right. Everybody's not going to be there for the journey. And it could be the family members. It could be people who started with you on the journey. Yeah. And now they're not there. How does that make you feel? Um, at first, I used to get really hurt about it. But I'm not attached to 
people that are not putting the same effort as I'm putting in. Mm-hmm. People are, like I said, people are quick to blame you to say that you're the problem. But then as soon as you put any kind of accountability on them, it's like, hey, it's a two-way street. And if you understood me, and you understand what I'm having to deal with, then you wouldn't put this so much blame on me. Let's mm-hmm. work something out rather than point the fingers. It's hard. At first, it was really hard for me to accept that. You know, I, I expected that everybody I start with, I finish with. But that, life don't work that way because everybody's dealing with their own things too. Yeah. And um, in, in our language, we have something called fibless. Fibless is weakness, right? And people have different weaknesses. And sometimes when you exhort so much of your strength, it makes people very insecure in their weakness. So being around you is a problem for them. And I'm not saying I'm greater than anyone or I'm better than someone, but sometimes when you get to a certain point or a certain level, people mm-hmm. are either going to get higher with you or they're going to stay where they're at. Yeah. And I've learned to accept that mm-hmm. because I'm someone that's constantly trying to get better. I'm constantly trying to evolve, constantly trying to innovate, constantly trying to add more to myself. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I hate to say it, but I don't sit still, mm-hmm. you know? And because of that, I understand my journey. People are going to come, people are going to go. But the people that are there with me, the constant people, those are the people I learned to love and cherish mm-hmm. because they understand my process. They understand where I'm going. They understand what it takes. And, um, and where'd you get where'd you get to the point where because I used to struggle with this like you started cherishing the people who are there but before I definitely used to do this I don't know if it's the same case as you I used to be more focused on the people who left my life instead of the people who stayed with me I used to try to reach oh this person's gone this my man or oh, this my homie but the people who right in front of me I'm not giving them the attention that they deserve love is a rare thing in this world you know, in John 15, the hardest thing that Christ ever asked us to do was love one another. Literally, people don't understand how hard that is. Mm-hmm. Love one another. Love people that don't like you. Unconditionally. Love them. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, okay. Sure, I can do that. No, you cannot. That's harder than it seems. Yeah. yeah. Just when they're making you mad in the moment, they're not agreeing with you, but right. they're critiquing you to the point of... But you have to learn to love those... Like, you have to learn to not take that love that people have for you for granted. Not saying you can't reach out to those people behind that has left you, but that love that you have for them is still there. But if they can't mm-hmm. reciprocate that, you cannot stress over that. You cannot lose sleep over that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I realize my phone is less active when I'm not reaching out to folk. Same, same, same. You know what I mean? And my I don't, Lord. And I don't take that offensively anymore because mm-hmm. I'm usually the, I'm the giver. I'm mm-hmm. the person reaching out. But I realize when my hands go in my pockets. Ain't nobody really, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody saying what's up. You know, oh, yo, Omar, how you been? I mm-hmm. get that. But you get that from your close, the people that's in your circle. Mm-hmm. You know, not until you on your ass, excuse right. my language, nah, yeah. you realize where love, where the true love comes from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You see what people reaching out to you. Mm-hmm. You see what people that saying, hey, man, hold on to this. I got you. Mm-hmm. That's different, bro. It is. And that makes me realize, don't go reaching out for folk that ain't reaching out for you. Uh. And it's not like... It's not like because I have ill intent or because I don't like people or I don't love them, but it's because the people that show you real love don't take them for granted because you're going to hurt them in the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Someone that puts so much effort and love into you, don't take that for granted. Well, that's a great way to, to, to end the episode, man. I appreciate you always, my brother, man. Well love you so much. You're definitely my inspiration. Because uh, I'm somebody who, at least I, a lot of myself, I think I'm disciplined. I think so. I'm not. But <laughs> I, no, I struggle with that too. Uh, but uh, I do try my best. 
you know, because uh, I do think I waste a lot of time in life focusing on the wrong thing and the wrong people. But when you came into my life, you focused so much, even with all of your blemishes that you talk about, you know, whatever, you know. But uh, I've learned a lot from you, man, about how to stay steadfast in my faith, uh, about how to be determined. I'm already kind of a determined discipline. I get narrow-minded when I'm focused. Like, don't bother me. This is going to get done one way or another. Because if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. Right, right. Uh, and you've helped me with that because I can always look to the side, even if you're not literally there. I was like, oh, he done, he done started an organization. Now he's putting out on the book. I started, I said I was going to put out a book before you thought about writing a book. I still ain't <laughs> put out a book. So, you know, uh, but that fused me. You know, I don't have any envy or jealousy. It's like, man, I'm, there's somebody that I can look towards who's really putting in the pain and you're enjoying the fruits of your labor. So I thank you for... I know you're busy. I'm, I'm surprised I caught you. <laughs> I know you're busy. Hey, man. Uh, but rightfully so, man, because you're doing God's work in my eyes uh, for coming on to the Wave Report. I'm looking forward to the process and watching your process in real time. Uh, shout out to our mentor, Pat. Uh, Sir. He's definitely helped us a lot on our journey. Definitely. Uh, he probably don't like that I said his name, but right, we can yep. put on the gloves anytime. I don't, I don't care. I'm a little rusty. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> But nah, man, seriously, you're inspiration not only to me, but to your family. I was there for your graduation. Uh, to your lady. Uh, Today's her birthday, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday to her. Uh, when this come out, it won't be her birthday. Right. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, and to many, man, I think one of the things I want to leave you with as your brother, as your big brother, is you have to give yourself some credit, man. You have to give yourself some credit. You don't have to be to the point where you become hubris or arrogant. You don't have that type of spirit to begin with. So that's not going to become of you. But if you don't give yourself credit, how we become arrogant is we believe what other people say about us. Mm. And sometimes they do it in excess. And sometimes it's not always true. But you are an honest guy. And you have to give yourself credit like, look, I did this. This is a big accomplishment, man. This is a big accomplishment. IGI is a big accomplishment. And I look forward to everything you're doing in the future, man. Well, man, I'm Look, it's too much. Look, this is this guy. This guy, man. <laughs> this guy, oh, man. Guys, no, seriously, man. I'm humbled by that. Yeah, um, man. And I would definitely take your words because uh, that's something I have to, you know, look into the mirror for everything else. But I never give myself enough credit. Um, but I appreciate you saying those words and affirming me and yeah. what I have done and what has not yet been done. So yeah. I appreciate it. coming. You. It's coming. Like and subscribe. It's the Wave Report. It's Tremonte. It's Martin. Follow IGI. Tell them where to follow you at, man. Oh, follow me on Instagram at um, Martin underscore GLY and at Impact Global International. Mm. Cop this book. Yes, sir. Peace and love. Much love.